With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, hockey fans. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. We host the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're lifelong hockey fans who talk about the game and the lifestyle. Our guests include professional hockey players. My rookie party had to wear Speedo, and then we had a checklist of stuff we had to do. Here we go, Gaber. What do you got to say? And it's kind of <laughs> like, you know better than that now, boys. I got dressed for the Bruins. I get a phone call. And he's like, dude, we need you over here by the elevator. You got to get downstairs. You got to get dressed right now. I started playing the like, dun, 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 And I turned it around and it had the Olympic rings and said, we did it. NHL team hockey reporters. I actually took the Stanley Cup to this ice bar where they've got now girls around them and I've got a fur coat on. <laughs> I wonder who, who he shoot checked over here. And then I looked down at my favorite Hockey fans. The entire bar was lined with guys in Kings jerseys. We quickly realized, oh my gosh, this is the dad's trip. And we bring unique hockey stories to light. Coming back to England, 24 rings in the entire country. That's where the problem starts with the sport of ice hockey here. Canadian Blind Hockey Association, those few kids we interviewed, their whole week is built around Sunday at the rink. They're just hockey players. We don't agree on everything. Pineapple goes on pizza. (gasps) No, it does not. (laughs) I think it does. But we do agree that there are many people and places that build the House of Hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Basketball season won't be around forever. So get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using the code THPN during signup. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with a DraftKings daily fantasy lineup. Baseball fans, you may have missed out on season-long fantasy, so now is the time to get in on all the daily fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players, so what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome to New York.
Attention fans, this is the Devil's State of Mind Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now here's your host, Neil Villapiano! That is the first time I've done that in a while. What is going on, Devils fans? It is your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast right here exclusively on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news and topics going on about your New Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast. Thank you, as always, for taking some time out of your day to check these episodes out. I, for one, greatly, greatly appreciate it. Folks, we did it. We actually won a hockey game. And if you remember, in the previous episode, I had said that I pretty much, I pretty much was confident that we were not going to win another game this season. And the Devils must have heard me say that and decided on Tuesday to find a way to win a hockey game. And that's what they did. And so for just the fifth time this season, the Devils won at home. And for just the third time this season, the Devils won at home with fans in the stands. And look, I know it doesn't mean a whole lot to obviously everything that's going on. I get it, you know. Some people out there are like, oh, well, we're trying to tank for the best odds, blah, blah, blah. Look, I'll speak for myself only. I don't care. I don't care. I would much rather this team win their last seven games than lose the rest of those games, finish with 18 losses in a row, and finish it that way only because we're hoping to God that we give ourselves the best chance to get the first overall pick in a draft, mind you, where it's not like we're getting a guaranteed once in a generation player and there's not a definitive idea as to who the number one overall pick is. So honestly, just don't worry about that, Devils fans. And the other thing is this, I, for one, am very sick and tired of having to worry about the draft when a season is still going on. I got used to that because obviously, as we know, the Devils for the last handful of years have been out of the out of an opportunity to make the playoffs two months usually or even a month before the season ended. So I would, you know, I'm tired of being that way. I wanted to focus on watching this team now in this season. And all I care about as a fan is our team trying to win as much as possible. And I get it. In these type of situations where we're already eliminated from playoff contention officially, uh, people might say, you know, what exactly is there to gain from winning these games? I will tell you, it gives the players on this team, it gives the coaches on this team, it gives management on this team confidence and belief that they can go out and win hockey games in the National Hockey League. Again, we are painfully young, the youngest team by a bunch in the National Hockey League with very little to no veterans at all. These guys are trying to gel together, most of them playing in the NHL for the first time, and they're all doing in some degree or another the best that they possibly can. And it's really one of those things. But I mean, look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go off of you know, disagree with what I said before. This team sucks. I mean, let, let's call it like this is like 
one of the worst Devils teams I have ever seen. And even last night, the Devils had plenty of chances to lose. And I'm sure that this podcast episode would have been a lot less lively had we end up losing that game on Tuesday. But let's talk about that game. It's been a while since I've really kind of talked about a game in depth. I mean, there was only one game between episode 40 and episode 41. So that was something to keep in mind. But the Devils were coming into this one. And look, guys, I had no confidence that we were going to win. And that's understandable to many degrees. I just did not think we were going to win because after what I had just seen on Sunday in the first game against the Flyers, having a two-goal lead with less than two minutes to go, blowing that two-goal lead and losing in a shootout, you know what? I had convinced myself that the Devils had found every single possible way to lose a hockey game and that there just didn't seem like a way that this team was going to find a way to win a hockey game. So going into this, obviously not having a whole lot of optimism, but the Devils came out and at first I would say it was kind of a boring, you know, start. Neither one of these teams looked like they really, you know, wanted this game. It seemed like they were just kind of be like, you take it. No, you take it. No, you take it. It didn't really seem like a lot was going on. But the Devils had a scramble in front of the net with about a little more than a minute to go. And Jack Hughes took a shot that was blocked by a Flyers defenseman. And Nico Kishier picked it up on the rebound. Mind you, this is on the power play. And he scored to give the Devils a one nothing lead, something that recently they had not been able to do. I know they got the first goal against the Flyers on Sunday, but obviously they, they hadn't before that hadn't had many opportunities to grab a lead. And more importantly, they scored on the power play, which is again, something the Devils have struggled with, not just recently, but basically the entire year. So for them to score on the power play was huge. And that's where the score stood at the end of the first period. It being one nothing going into the second period this is where things started to get more or less like really intense and really kind of back and forth started with a little over two minutes into the second period the devils were back on the power play and jack hughes made a uh, chef's kiss pass right in the slot to pavel zaka and he buried it on the one timer and the devils are up two nothing and are two for two on the power play that was like such a nutty thing because it was like, first of all, hadn't been that many times recently other than the game against the Flyers on Sunday where we had a multiple goal lead. And I don't even remember the last time we scored more than once in the power play in a game. I mean, it, they were doing things that we had not seen the previous 10 games. That was really what you noticed right away. And then a couple minutes later, Miles Wood, who was coming off the bench onto the ice, he took a wrist shot as like a defenseman from the top of the blue line, took a shot and threw a really good screen. He scored to make it three to nothing. And for Miles Wood, that's his team league 17th goal. If he can really get it going here in these last six, seven games, he probably has a chance to get to 20 goals, which I think for someone like Miles Wood, that's a tremendous feat. And look, most likely Miles Wood is going to finish as the team's leading goal scorer. And that's not really a surprise. So, but to see Miles Wood get on the score sheet again was huge. And like that, a little over five minutes into the second period and not even close to being halfway through the game, the Devils are up 3-0. But it didn't last very long. It honestly lasted only 15 seconds as Oscar Lindbaum 
knocked in a shot where it was just like a weird scramble in front of the net. And it just seemed to squeak by Mackenzie Blackwood off a turnover. And it was three to one. And right there, I remember tweeting out, I said, oh, three to one lead. Why do I not feel like that this is a good lead for the Devils? And somebody said like, well, it's not a good lead for, you know, most teams in the NHL. And I'm like, but with the Devils, it's almost a guarantee that we are probably going to blow it. Because knowing us in multiple goal leads, we are not a match made in hockey heaven. That's for sure. But obviously, at, you know, it was still, you know, hopeful that the Devils could still find a way to hold on to it. And the score remained at three to one going into the third period. So I was, I was obviously optimistic, but very cautiously optimistic because of things I had just mentioned a moment ago. But, you know, it's, it's still like, hey, you know, let's see what happens. And things got off to a really, really typical devil start, especially over the last 10 games. Uh, Philip Myers is all alone in the slot, takes a wrist shot that, honestly, I think Blackwood should have had, uh, but he missed it. And Philip Myers scored his first goal of the season, mind you. Again, only the Devils could do something like that. And the Flyers all of a sudden are down only three to two. And at that point, I had convinced myself that we were going to, at some point, give up the tying goal. I didn't know when that was going to happen, but I figured that because of the way the team had been playing of late and had been playing for several years now, it was only a matter of time. And sure enough, Claude Giroux was able to get the puck. He deep passed one defender, came right in, took a weak wrist shot right in front of Mackenzie Blackwood, and it trickled through his five hole. That's another goal that I think Blackwood should have absolutely been able to save. But he didn't, and the game is tied at three with just about four minutes or so into the third period. And this is when Lindy Ruff called a timeout. And the reason that I got mad about him calling a timeout then was because I felt that when the Flyers scored to make it three to one, that's when the timeout should have happened. Because then right there, you know damn well that a lot of these players are thinking to themselves, shit, man. We're up by two goals again, and we just blew a two-goal lead two nights ago. I'm worried about this happening again. And don't think for a second that wasn't in these players' minds. It totally was. Not just in the Devils, but also in the Flyers' minds as well. But, you know, they didn't, you know, he didn't call a timeout then. He just let the guys go out there, and it's 3-3. And look, again, being pessimistic, but also just being used to the situation, I fully expected that we were going to lose the game. That, okay, this is it. We're going to finish losing this game, blowing a two-goal lead again, and that's just what it is. I mean, that was really what it was. And the thing that was, you know, really sad um, before was that one of the Devils fan pages on Instagram, who was at the game, I believe it was devils.fan page, a very popular one on Instagram. Go, go check him out if you haven't already. Um, he was at the game last night, and, and I remember he said, you know, in one of his stories that even though there was a limited amount of capacity that could go to these games, there was a lot of empty seats. Like there was just not a whole lot of people at this game. And even with the few amount of people, you knew any Devils fan that was there was already thinking, here we go again. We're going to lose this one. And I was already accepting it. And I was already thinking to myself, how am I going to, you know, what am I going to talk about on this podcast episode? Are we just that we suck and we keep blowing leads? What's new? I mean, that's kind of where I was at um, with my mentality. And it was like that for 
a couple of minutes. And again, still in my mind, just fully expecting that the Flyers were going to score and they were going to end up taking this victory away from us. But an unlikely player stepped up in this one. And it happened to be defenseman Connor McDavid Carrick. Yes, Connor Carrick. He got the puck at center ice, kind of did a turn, you know, kind of circled around and took the puck into the zone like he was a uh, he was a forward, basically. And he came down the right side and he took a shot from the toughest angle he could, and it beat Brian Elliott over the shoulder and into the back of the net. And the Devils regained the lead. Connor Carrick, who the Devils got a couple of years ago in the Ben Lovejoy trade from Dallas, um, he scored his first goal of the season. And look, Connor Carrick has played only a handful of games this season. And only recently has he started to play more. And look, a lot of people like Connor Carrick. I mean, he has the Curious Competitor podcast, which is another great podcast that you guys should go check out. And to see Carrick's reaction to scoring you know mind him being a defenseman he doesn't score very much and I think it was like um you know one of the few goals I think most of his goals he scored his career has been with us I could be wrong about that but he scored a really really nice goal like only a forward could score and the Devils regained the lead at four to three and I love that emotion from him because not only was it his first goal of the year but it regained the lead for the Devils at four to three and then we gave it right back. Well, not right back. A couple minutes later, Travis Sanheim took a shot. Actually, it was, it was Couturier who just threw the puck on net from the side of the boards, and it went in. And it was like one of those, like, how the hell did that go in? How the, how the hell did that go in? Well, it turned out Travis Sanheim did get a stick on it, deflected it, redirected it into the net, and the game was tied at four. But once again, not going to lie, I again thought, okay, well, now we're going to blow it. Now we're going to lose now, you know, because we've had two different leads in this game and we have given them the opportunity to basically not only tie it, but eventually take the lead. But just 11 seconds later, just after Sanheim scored, there was a little bit of a scramble behind the Flyers net and Brian Elliott was out of position. Yegor Sharangovich was on the opposite side, got the puck, and slowly tapped it into the net, and the Devils regained the lead for the third time in this game. And, and it's 5-4, to four, and it was just like, what is this game? All of a sudden, both of these teams are just going back and forth, back and forth. And for Sharon Govich's 12th goal of the year, continuing to be honestly one of the biggest surprises for this Devils team all year long, big-time goal, and the Devils regained the lead again. But again, I had fully expected that we were going to give up the tying goal. I, I just, I never felt like until this game ended that we were actually going to win. And then we get down to the last two minutes and the Flyers pulled their goaltender with two and a half minutes to go. And it wasn't a surprise because they looked at it and they said, well, we scored two goals on them pulling the goaltender last game. Let's pull them now because we have that success. And I don't blame them for doing it. I don't blame them at all. And then you add the key moments of this game. You actually had two key moments back-to-back. It started with Sean Couturier, who was coming into the play as the puck was dumped into the zone. I don't know if it hit off the side of the boards. It just came right out, or somebody was able to get a stick on it and pass it out. 
but Couturier got the puck. He is all alone in the slot. He was able to deep from his for, his backhand to his forehand. He has a wide open net. He totally beats Mackenzie Blackwood, takes the shot, and it doesn't go in. And it's a scramble in front. Everybody's freaking out. Blackwood's helmet eventually comes off, and they have to stop play. And everybody was wondering, who the hell made that save? Was it Blackwood? Did he somehow get back? Was it Zaka that got a stick in there? No. It was Matt Tennyson. Matt Tennyson, at the last second, dove out with his stick and made a stick save to rob Couturier of the tying goal. Now, had Couturier decided to lift the puck there, he probably scores. But it's tough sometimes, even in that split second, to make that play. But it was just unbelievable. Unbelievable save by Matt Tennyson to deny Couturier of that goal. And it was just like the Devils were going to exercise every single possible way that they have lost the game and fight through all these demons if they're going to win this game. They would have to do everything that they hadn't been doing recently to win this game. And it was doing things like that. But 30, 45 seconds later, the Flyers still have the puck in the zone and they make a cross-crease pass right to Claude Giroux, who has been a nightmare for the Devils this entire season. He was able to get a nice pass and a one-timer, and Blackwood got just a little bit of a piece of it to make the save to deny Claude Giroux. You saw him put his head up, and he couldn't believe it. Again, that would have tied the game at five. Uh, and, and again, that was one of those, like, where it was like, oh, no, and somehow Blackwood makes the save. It was a big-time save. And this was, a, this was with about 16, 17 seconds to go in the game. And then you have the face-off, and the Devils are able to get it on the boards and killing clock. And the puck gets knocked out into center ice, and Mikhail Moltsev ended up getting somewhat of a breakaway. He passed the puck to himself a little bit too much, but he was still able to direct it just enough to score an empty net freaking goal, which we rarely do. And for Moltsev, that's the second time this year he's done that. And he scored with two seconds left to solidify this victory, making it 6-4, to four, and that was your final. And that was a, woo, can't believe we won that one. And again, I was pretty pumped up just because we had not won in 10, plus, in 10 games. I mean, we had not won since early April. We had not won a home game since late March. I mean, I was fully convinced, like I said before, that we were probably not going to win another game this year, but the team nonetheless found a way to win a hockey game. And that was awesome, no matter what the situation is. And a lot of people will look at it again and say, well, what was the value of winning that game? The value of it was that a young team that is experiencing such difficulty winning games scoring goals coming up with big plays for them to do all of that in one game and find a way to win is phenomenal is absolutely phenomenal and look there's still a chance that they could lose the last six seven games and that'll be that but for them to just find a way to win a game just makes me just relieved it makes me happy. It brings me back to why I'm a fan in the first place and even why I do things like this for you guys. It, it just makes it all worth it. It really does. And I know how difficult it's been for me, at least, 
to come on here the last couple of weeks and talk to you guys about this team when we really just haven't been able to win games. But for them to win this game, regardless of this, where they are in the standings and anything like that, is a huge win nonetheless. Some of these stats also were pretty remarkable. First of all, the Devils' power play was perfect. They were two for two. And their penalty kill was perfect at two for two. We also saw Michael McLeod. He uh, he won a he got into a fight. He also drew a penalty in the same um, situation, and they resulted in scoring a goal, which ended up being huge. And you had guys like Connor Carrick that scored his first goal that got a big time one. Sharon Govich continuing to do well, ultimately getting the game winning goal. Matt Tennyson making that stick save. Blackwood coming up with a big time save right after that. It was one thing after another that was such a bright spot for this team. And again, it just, I've said it before, like it doesn't, it's not going to matter that much in the standings this year. It's not going to matter at all, basically. But just the fact that they were able to still find a way to win these games and find a way to win a game and create some positivity is a phenomenal thing. And I think that's the thing we have to, you know, hang our hats on. I don't think that we can spend all of our time moaning and groaning and saying, oh, well, it doesn't really matter, blah, 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 this, that, and the other thing. Like, it's, you know, it doesn't matter. The point is, is that for a young team like this, it's a big win nonetheless. Now, one thing I did forget to mention uh, was yesterday, uh, that game was Mackenzie Blackwood's 100th game in the NHL, his 100th game as a New Jersey Devil. He also just moved into a tie with Keith Kincaid and Sean Burke for the second most wins by a goaltender in Devils history through their first 100 games. Um, Al- Elaine Chevrier had 38. Uh, Chris Terry also had 38. Craig Billington at 39. Sean Burke, Kincaid, and Blackwood all have 42. And not surprisingly, Martin Bardur has 53 through his first 100 games. So that was kind of a cool thing to mention as well. And, you know, again, at the end of the day, it just it doesn't really matter that much in the overall standings and everything like that. I don't personally care about where we finish and what what draft pick we get. It, it doesn't matter to me. What matters to me right now with these last six, seven games is that we try to win as many as possible. Try to finish the season on a high note. Build on this. Try to finish the year where you get the fan base, you get the you know the coaches, you get ownership, you get management, you get them looking at it and saying, okay, we're moving in that right direction. Now let's see what else we can do. And I think that's something to keep in mind. I really do. And I know how difficult this season has been throughout. I get that. Like, so it's not one of those things where, you know, I'm sitting here saying it's, it's not, it's, you know, it's, it's meaningless, blah, 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 all these things. The whole thing for me is simply that this was a good victory. Nonetheless, it was, it was a well-earned victory. They found ways to come back and not allow the Flyers to completely come back and take the lead and win the game. And it ended the 10 game losing streak which is still going to be the, you know, tied for the longest losing streak in Devils history. But at least we can go to bed knowing that we're not going to lose our last 18 in a row or whatever. I mean, yeah, we could lose our last seven and finish with two losing streaks to end the year. But still, for them to win this game is the most important thing.
Now, here's something that I thought was really, really funny because it, it, it actually is, honestly. Um, the Continental Hockey League, or the KHL, as most of you know, which is the second biggest uh, hockey league in the world behind the National Hockey League in Russia, they just had the Gargarian Cup, which is their you know championship um, situation, uh, their cup, um, basically. It's basically their cup. Let's just call it like it is. Uh, and their matchup in this last game was uh, Avangard Omsk against CS- CSKA Moscow, um, which obviously a lot of people know CSK Moscow. It's one of the more uh, well-known teams. And last night, Gargari- uh, Avangard Omsk won the Gagarian Cup title. It's their first in franchise history. They won one to nothing against CSK Moscow. But here's the thing that is funny. There are a lot, well, not a lot. There are a handful of former Devils players that are on that avant-garde team. There's actually two. And also uh, there's two former players and a prospect that the Devils have. The two former players are Reed Boucher, who we all remember as that tremendous player coming out of juniors who had broken Steven Stamkos's goal record for most goals in a single junior season. And, and we got him in like the third or fourth round. And we had such high expectations and he proved to, you know, not really be uh, much of anything in that situation. Uh, he, he was on, he's on that team. He was playing in uh, Russia this year. I know that he was playing in the Vancouver Canucks farm system the last two or three years in Utica. Um, so there's that. But also uh, a great uh, a guy with a lot of great memories, uh, so to speak, uh, Ilya Kovalchuk, who went back to Russia, uh, joined avant-garde Omsk, and he also is part of that team. So he wins that. And also Arseny Gritsyuk, uh, one of the Devils' prospects, is on that team as well. So I guess you can say the Devils won something big this year, sort of, I guess, if you want to go there uh but there's that there's that and also some big news earlier this evening here on wednesday alexander holtz who is playing in just his second game of professional hockey scored his first professional goal for the binghamton devils in their loss tonight to the hershey bears and it was a beautiful play i forgot who made the pass but it was a it was a beautiful just pass on a one-timer. I believe it might have been Greer who made the pass. It was somebody. And Holtz was standing in the slot, kind of like where Ovechkin stands in his spot. And it was just a great pass, one-time slap shot. And Alexander Holtz got himself on the score sheet. So for him to score as early as he's done, mind you, it is the AHL. But for him to just get some professional hockey league games in here and everything, it's still a big-time goal. So, you know, congratulations to Alexander Holtz. And hopefully his first National Hockey League goal is not too far away. But again, guys, as I mentioned before, and I'm sure you guys know at this point, look, you know, Holtz is not going to come up here and play for the New Jersey Devils this year. He's going to play out the rest of the year with Binghamton. And then next year will probably be that first opportunity he gets to try to get into the NHL. But at the end of the day, I would say this has been one of the more positive episodes we've done uh, over the last couple of weeks and i'm really just happy to to talk about something positive for once what's going on devils fans it's your host neil villapiano 
Thank you so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news about your New Jersey Devils. If you want to check out more of the podcast, here's what you do. You go wherever you listen to podcasts, so that could be Spotify, that could be iTunes, that could be Google Podcasts, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts, you go and you search Devil's State of Mind, and you will find the new episodes that we post every week on both Mondays and Thursdays. Please also go check out the Hockey Podcast Network as a whole. We have podcasts for all the teams in the NHL, as well as other great hockey podcasts. So just like with Devil's State of Mind, just search Hockey Podcast Network, and you can see all of the podcasts that we have on this great network. You can follow the Devil's State of Mind on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil State, and you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Devil's State of Mind. Make sure to also follow the Hockey Podcast Network on all social media platforms. Just search at H-O-C-K-E-Y, Hockey, P-O-D, Pod, N-E-T, Net. If you want to listen to more of my voice, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Podcast, where I talk about all things going on in the wide world of sports. New episodes go out every Monday and Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Presents channel on YouTube, where just like the podcast, I talk about different topics that are going on in the world of sports as well. New videos go out every single Tuesday on YouTube. So it's spelled M-O-F-O-B-O Network Presents, and you will find it. Again, new videos out every Tuesday. You can stay up to date with all the new episodes and videos by following me on my personal Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W, my personal Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11, and also Mofobo Network on Facebook. And last, but certainly not least, go check out both my books on Amazon and Barnes & Noble right now. The first is J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Agony and the Ecstasy, Nah, no ecstasy of being a Jets fan. This book is about all the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So from all the painful moves, painful games, painful player decisions, painful ownership decisions, you know, where, you know anything you could think of, it's in this book. So this is really for the Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know someone, one of those, or if you just want to support me, go check out that book. The other book that I just published recently is titled Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. This one is all about the regrets of being a Mets fan. And even through world championships in 1969 and 1986, there was so much regret between those years, between those years, as well as the years following 1986. Both of these books are available for both hardcover and ebook for the price of $19.69. So if you're a Jets fan or a Mets fan, or by some chance you're both, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So again, please go check out both of those books. The first one, J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Pain and Suffering of Being a New York Jets Fan, and also Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S 
of New York Town. So once again, thank you guys so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Villapiano, and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the amazing people that you are, you know, every single day. You know, always remember to just be yourself and continue to kick absolute butt. And one last thing, rock on. Woo!